Yes, sir. The boys are back. We're ready for Argentina. But before we do that, let's talk about Mandalika in Indonesia. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice. I'm here with my man, Bo, on this week's episode of Parked in Turn 1. Bo, what's going on, man? Not much, Jason. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> oh, I'm so much better now that you played that <laughs> intro. So much better. So much better. Listen, I, I know uh, we have a race in, uh, race in Indonesia to talk about, but um, some big developments this weekend in MotoGP. So, you know, if it's okay with you, I think we should start talking about uh, Indonesia at the new Mandalika track and get into it. What yeah, do you think? let's get rolling. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Well, listen, I think, first of all, this is the first time in, uh, was it 25 years that they had been back in Indonesia? Uh, COVID had delayed this by a couple of years, right? Like there had been a couple of starts and stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it was interesting that the last time they were in Indonesia, Valentino Rossi won the race. Um, but... It wasn't this track. This is a no, a new circuit, um, and from the appearance of the circuit, the setting, the location, it is phenomenal. But there were some problems. They had a lot of problems, um, and I did not realize they were having the problems with the surface until I turned it on to watch the races. I'll admit I did not stay up until three a.m. to watch them live. Um, but they were shortening the Moto2 race, and I was like, well, why are they doing that? And then yeah, I started yeah. looking at it, and then they shortened the MotoGP race. Well, part of that was the weather, uh, and the other part was the track conditions. The track was literally separating. This is not the first time I've seen that happen. It happened when I mentioned that Laguna Seca had paved, mm-hmm. repaved very recently. That same thing was happening. They did not shorten the race at Laguna Seca, though, but they did here. Um, but they shortened the race. Uh, the track conditions were were not great, evidently, but I think the rain uh, maybe saved the day and created some real drama and an interesting race. And actually, the track had plenty of grip when it was wet, which was surprising. Yeah, I, and you know, but still, though, whenever uh, after the track had somewhat dried out, how many people crashed at turn two? I mean, it seemed like if you raced this weekend in, in Mandalika, you crashed at turn two. It didn't, it, it didn't matter what. who it was. Everyone kind of yeah. went down there. Yeah, there were a lot of crashes. Now, only one crash in the MotoGP race, but... Um, well, I'm talking you know, about, you know, across uh, across practices and, and qualifying. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. All, you know. You're 100% right. It, turn two caught a lot of people out. I, the track is going to have to undergo some serious, serious repair. Um, this is always my issue with Southeast Asia. I feel like if there's anywhere that needs to be a a morning or a night race, it's it's Southeast Asia because it rains every afternoon. Yeah, and yeah. yet MotoGP always tries to do this, and then there's always it's either always a flag to flag, or they have to delay the start because when it rains there, it doesn't sprinkle right. Like oh it yeah, comes it's a down really hard. It's crazy, and you know they almost time the humidity. You have to time races around around rain right, right. just right it's just you wait for the humidity humidity to build right. up so creating a weekend schedule i think is really really difficult the, given yeah. the climate but um i, I don't know i yeah. agree it, it's it's I, it's, I, it's different. can they do it indoors can yeah we let's just have get an, an indoor, indoor track yeah yeah you know what can we just enclose mandalika is that so hard i mean how expensive could that possibly be um but i i i I listened to another podcast and they had some really interesting comments about Indonesia and 
they were really surprised the lack of people. Now, I saw the attendance at like 62,000 on Sunday, so mm. it wasn't like it wasn't attended, but I also heard from those announcers that the ticket price for this MotoGP was more than an F1 ticket. Oh, my. Wow. So that is, there's a problem there, right? Like, so there were a lot of things that Indonesia is going to have to work out, but I'm going to give them a pass. The first race in 25 years, we got a new circuit. The circuit itself looked beautiful. The setting is beautiful. The The layout looks great. The, the If you took away the surface of the track, which I couldn't see the problems, it looked great. There plenty of runoff. I, I had no issues with it other than, you know, the lack of grip. But I also think that had a lot to do with the tires that Michelin brought for GP, but we'll get into all that in GP. In in Moto3, they didn't have all those same issues. What we had was a really good race uh, with Dennis Faggio winning, uh, Izan Guevara finishing second, and Carlos Tatai with his first podium, which I thought was really, really good. Um, Sergio, Gar Sergio Garcia finishing fourth, and Dennis Anchu rounding out the top five. So solid races from all those guys, um, but no one had anything for Faggia this weekend, flat out. I mean, they were, they were, they were battling right from the start, just as normal. Um, that Honda, again, what? How do they do that? Like yeah, even Mino's Honda was fast. I mean, it they're just fast, man. Well, it's not you know, and and this track really doesn't lend itself to having a big long straight. You know, some of these sections they can kind of straighten out just a little bit at this track, but really not much. You know, the draft really isn't a huge, uh, a huge benefactor at this track, but. Um, I actually mentioned it to my wife, you know, uh, I told her, I said, I, I feel like somebody's going to get out front in this Moto3 race and there's either going to be two or three. There's going to be a few guys who are going to break away and they're going to run away with it. And sure enough, it was Dennis Foggia by himself that, that, you know, got out and just, just tucked his head down, didn't fight with anybody. It just got through and, and then just, just checked out. And, you know, I, a lot of credit goes to Carlos Tatai, in my opinion, to this race because he still, he, you know, qualified on pole, didn't seem like he got yep. a great start, you know, got shuffled back just a little bit. Then he had to take a long lap penalty, did a long lap penalty, and still managed to finish third in the race. Yep. Uh, you know, he was moving at the end of the race. And um, yep. it, it was really, really good finish for him, really, really good finish for that team. Um, I think he needed this this um, this result personally. You know, he's kind of to me, he's kind of seemed uh, kind of like a wild card in Moto Three. Not not super consistent. Uh, shows yeah. really shows some glimpses. I think he's of too big. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, no, I, I was I, I, I was going to get to that. Yeah, class, he's, yeah, he needs to get out of this class. So I think this is an important result for him to be able to show that mm -hmm. you know he does have the speed, but but also to get prepared for uh, for Moto Two. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think um, I think it was a great day for him. I, I realize he would have liked to win from pole, but no one had anything for Dennis Faggia. We saw again, Faggia gets out front, runs his own lines. He's almost unbeatable. Yeah. Um, and Izan Guevara had a great day. Great finish, great race for him. Uh, you know, but I'm going to go to who I'm disappointed in now. I, I, you know, the top five guys did a good job. And, and I, I, you know, if you finish in the top five in any race at, at this level, you did a good job. Um, but there's a guy, Jamma Masia is just not doing it. I, I don't know what, what's not clicking for this young man. He's not doing it. We saw some flashes of uh, real brilliance this weekend from Daniel Holgado, especially when it's wet. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this, again, I think Akiyo chose right because I saw... You know, he was up at the he was up fighting at the front for a lot of that race. You know, he slid back toward the end. Um, but man, they may have something there. And then in tenth place was Tatsuki Suzuki, and he finished the race. So I guess that's positive. But I, 
Now, Suzuki, I don't think, started very far up the grid. I, I want to say he he started fairly far back, right? Uh, I mean, I he did. He, was, he just what, didn't have a great 19th, weekend again. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah. I mean, he showed progression through the race, but he's got to be there in qualifying and practice as yeah. well. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, good race for him, but not the result that. Yeah. In the, I mean, Hogato started things. Right. Well, Hogato started in nineteenth, and he finished ninth. Well, so, fair enough. Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? So he he did a great job. Um. Mino, bad luck found him again. I mean, <laughs> this guy. Yeah, so, that was that was tough. Uh, so, but I hopefully Mino can shrug that off and come back. Uh, but all in all, you know, if you if you took away the dominance of Fagia, there was some good swapping and changing behind him there. It was a it was a fun race to watch. We didn't see a ton of Fagia because he had kind of checked out. Um, in, in relation to, you know, Anchu back there mixing it up with Garcia and Tatai and Guevara. And, and you know, Guevara kind of got away there at the end, but they were they were chopping and changing, man. It was a lot of fun. It was a normal Moto3 race, yeah, except yeah, that definitely. one guy was way out front. And, right, um, right. Um, you know, we did not... One of the surprises for me was the lack of speed um, from, from a couple of guys. Uh, you know... Mario Aji qualified really well. Also, a really big kid. Um, oh, he looks like an, an ogre on that bike. Uh, yeah, he's huge. He qualified great, but man, once he got back in that pack, he was no no chance. Yeah. Um, Kaito Toba is disappointing me a little bit too, and I, I just really don't understand what the issue is there. Um, you know, he should be running closer to the front. Set Tatsuki Suzuki should be running closer to the front. So let's go ahead and lock it up. That's what I say. Uh, beyond that, though, um, the race was was good, but there wasn't like crazy drama. Nothing crazy happening. So, all in all, I think it was a good race in Indonesia uh, for Moto Three. I thought you know the track held up for the little bikes, and and they were able to run their race, and it was good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. It was a fun, like you said, it was a fun race to watch. It really was fun to watch it unfold and and to see all the the battling back and forth up at the front. Um, uh, Fajia just had he's just on another level uh, I don't, he really is I, it, I I mean I I think I think Mino will be up there if people will quit messing with him <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> if people stop crashing into him yeah yeah um I think he'll be up there I I do but I I don't know that he can beat Fajia if Fajia stays well no one can beat Fajia if he keeps getting to the front I don't think I I just he's just incredible at the front man he, yeah. he just and he and he just it's just it's just one of those things, but I guess we can move on to Moto Two. I'm I'm pretty good with it. How about you? Yeah, it sounds good. All right. Well, Moto Two, the guy that I've been questioning having a ride. Moto2. Hey, you and me both, man. I was waiting. <laughs> on cra- I kept waiting oh on the my crash, gosh. and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Some cat chance. I told my wife, I said, "Some cat chance will listen to our podcast," and he's mad at us. Um. Oh my gosh, he really is. I mean, I have called him out more than once for why does he have a ride. Well, now I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you know, here's the thing. He he. This race, this race, he did a phenomenal job. Um, when they get back to Europe, I need to see it there. But he's now a race winner, so there's you know, no excuse. All right? credit. He, he yeah. completely uh, yeah, raised the absolutely. bar. Absolutely, he raised the bar on himself. And previously, I don't believe he'd ever finished higher than fifth. So 
Maybe this is a turning point for him. Maybe he will turn it on. But Stumcat Chantra wins the race. Celestino Vietti with another great ride finishes second. Mm -hmm. Aaron Kinnett with another great ride finishing in third. Sam Lowe's with a solid ride finishing in fourth. And your man, Augusto Fernandez, rounding out the top five. So they shortened the race due to the weather uh, coming in and the track conditions, which I think... uh, which it was still 20 laps, right? Or 16 laps. They were in 16 laps. Um, I just feel, I don't know that that was necessary. What did you think? I really I, I would mean, have liked to see a picture of why they did that. Like, yeah, like a picture of the concrete. Of the track. Yeah, 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 what, yeah, what was yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. Where was it at? But I don't know. I feel like some of the part of it was the heat. I mean, because even with the shortened race, some of these guys were coming off track and they were just completely beat, you know? And, and that's, that's my other thing with Southeast Asia. It is so hot. They run Qatar at night. Let's run Southeast Asia at night. That yeah. would be awesome. But, you know, I get it. Um, but you're right. So maybe the heat, maybe they were just worried about the rider health. Um, okay. Uh, so they shortened the race. Chantra, great star and ran an unreal race. I, I mean, nobody could get close to him. Right. He was unreal. Uh, I noticed immediately though, Vietti starting from seventh. I wondered how he would do. And he was aggressive early and he got right up there and, and did his job. And that's, i so uh, Chelsea Novietti might be the real deal this year. He may be the guy that everybody's going to be chasing every week in Moto Two. He, he looks like a completely different Chelsea Novietti than he did in Moto Three, doesn't he? I, I mean, to me, he really does. Just, he really does. He's matured overnight almost, and and he just carries himself almost in a different way, even in the paddock. It seems so. Uh, you know, watching him in he's practice, he's a different kind of cat too, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, he really is. Um, but no, like you're saying, I mean, he's. He's really taken to this Moto2 class this year. It took him a little bit last year, but you know he yep. kind of went under Marco Bezzecchi's wing a little bit and and yep. learned what not to do in some instances. And yeah, he and, sure did. You know he he's he's just running with it right now and having having really good success and really consistent success. So um, you, you know, I mean, we're only two races in, right? So we don't know what's going to happen when we get right. back to Europe. But um, but no, this is a really strong start. So I'm excited to see if he can carry it well, throughout the season. Right. Well, we're going to see what he does in Argentina and then in mm-hmm. Coda. And after four races, if he gets back to Europe and he's still in this same position riding this way, oh, he's, man, yeah, he's he could run away with the championship. Yeah, yeah. No he doubt. could. Absolutely. Um, but I want to say that it, I wish Somcat Chantra could be interviewed after every race. I may not think he's going to win the championship, but I want to see an interview with him <laughs> every time. That was the best part of the Moto2 weekend for me. I, when he was, he's like, I'm in first? <laughs> he didn't even know it. <laughs> So I I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but you know, all credit to him. I enjoyed that. Like I was like, golly, I know I'm gonna get called out for that on the show, but at the same time I I love the interview. <clears throat> Aaron Kinnett ran another really solid race, showed me the bow tie in the post race interview. Um this guy's super consistent. He's taken to that Calex well, and uh, you know, he was about a second. 1.1 behind Vietti there. So when they get back to Europe, I expect him to start really challenging Vietti and to uh, and really trying to get after him because I, he, I think he'll be familiar enough with that chassis and he'll know the tracks. And I think it could be a dogfight. But at this point, 
uh, Vietti really is is really really solid. So we'll see how Canet does in the coming weeks at, at Argentina and at Coda. Yeah, I'm thinking that we're going to get that story of that bow tie this year at some point. I, I do too. Aaron I Canet's agree with you. Just, there's just a there's a win waiting in there somewhere. I think for Aaron Canet. and uh, like you said, you know, took took to the Calix chassis very quickly and is is doing very well on it. Um, you know, part of that's Aaron Canet. I'm sure part of that's Calix as well. But um, you know, not to discredit what Fermin Aldeguer has done, you know, finishing seventh place in this uh, in this race was a great finish. Um, but uh, you know, Aaron Canet definitely a successful weekend, and and uh, would li- I'm excited to see this, you know, the North American swing that we're going to have them coming through, uh, you know, South America and Argentina, and then coming up to uh, Coda after that. Absolutely. Well, I I think you know after the top five, and Augusto Fernandez had a solid race. It was kind of a it was kind of a, you know, he slipped back there at the beginning yeah, and he yeah. kind of got caught in the traffic. But, you know, he came out and finished the top five. I, again, you finish in the top five, it's not a disaster. It's just not. It, it, at this level, it's not a disaster. It's okay. Um, of course, you want to be on the podium. Of course, you want to win. Um, but you don't win championships on your best days. You win them on your worst days, right? Right. And look, he could have finished a lot lower, to be quite honest. He could have finished a lot lower. And he's beat his teammate both times. So... You know, let's let's look at that. Um, you mentioned Fermin Aldiger having a great race. I, I I think another guy that had a great race was Arbolino. I think Arbolino is really getting to grips with this Moto Two bike. I think he's going to in Europe. I think he's going, especially. I think he's going to be figuring in race podiums and wins and the championship a little bit uh, because I I see a lot of good things coming out of Arbolino right now. Yeah, there's somebody else though um, that that had a, a, a really good race as well, and that was Ayagura. You know, Ayagura started in twentieth place and got up to sixth place uh, finish position. So uh, to me, at this track with the shortened race, knowing that these there's not quite as much progression that's going to happen if you're fur- further down the grid starting, uh, this is a phenomenal finish to me for Ayagura. You know, he didn't have a lot of speed all weekend. Didn't obviously didn't qualify well. But um, showed up on Sunday, and um, I think that he's got to take a walk away from this weekend with his head held high, personally. Yeah, I, listen, I, all credit to Ayagura for that ride. But uh, to be quite honest, we need to see Ayagura take another step forward yeah. because now his, you know, his teammate has won a race. He's got he's got to get up there. I think that puts a little pressure on him. It was a great ride, really, to come up. You know what, fourteen places. That's not that's no slouch. But don't start in twentieth. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. So and then you know Pedro Acosta. You know Pedro Acosta is not doing what he did in Moto Three, obviously, but he's definitely not uh, ruining his chances for the championship. He's kept it in the top ten both times. Um, he's beating some more experienced riders, a lot of more experienced riders in the Moto2 <clears throat> championship. Um, and I, I mean, I think it was a solid day for him. I don't think it was a great day. I think he's still learning the Moto2 bike and how to race in Moto2. But I think we can pretty much write it down that Pedro Costa is going to figure this out. What do you think? I think so. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I don't see him really playing a big role in the championship this year, if I'm being honest. Um, I think this is a good learning year for Pedro Costa. I think he's kind of getting uh, good competition with guys that are a little bit more familiar in the class. Um, Guys that might not be quite as raw talented as Pedro Costa, but they have more refinement on this platform. So he's just got to get his head wrapped around the bike um, and continue just to work with it and, and 
and develop himself around how to ride the bike. I think he's well on his way. And I mean, we're going to see him in, we're going to see him in MotoGP. Let's be honest, right? Oh, um, it's going to happen. But, um, yeah. you know, this year, I just don't, I don't know if this year is going to be the ray, the year that Pedro Costa, you know, is going to win the Moto2 championship. Oh, he's not. Um, no, it, I don't think so. You know, and we're all, and again, we're only two races in, so I could be proven wrong. It's happened quite right. often before, but, um, but, you know, aside from, uh, aside from that, I don't know. I, I really want to talk about the Americans. Um, yeah, let's talk about them. Well, first of all, I <clears throat> I have a couple thoughts, but first of all, let's just say they did finish the race. Uh, Joe Roberts and Cam Bobier finished the race there. Yes. yes. Um, and, uh, you know, Sean Why Dillon did Sean Dillon Kelly retire? Did, did there you was a technical I, problem with the okay. bike. Okay, I, I wasn't sure yeah. if it was that, yep. if it was fatigue, or if something else no, was no, going technical on. technical issue with the bike. Um, um, but Joe and Cameron both finished. Now, it was 11th and 12th. Go ahead. What do you got? Uh, well, honestly, I, given the, the 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 changes in weather this throughout this weekend, the struggles back and forth with race and shortened tires, you know, crashes here and there, um, I, I can't be terribly upset. You know, this is a new track for for both Joe Roberts and Cameron. It's a new track for everyone, though, if we're being honest. So, you know, they don't get that pass. But um, I, I think that. A finish is a finish, and and a finish in the points is a good day, I think, for the Americans. Um, yep, Joe had trouble doing that last year, and so yeah, did Cameron, and, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to take it, and, and now we're coming yep. back home, right? So I right. really, really want to set the bar high for Coda. I mean, Cameron Bobier led for, what, one or two corners last year. So, yep. I mean, hey, yep. now we now let's try to lead a lap, you know, and see what happens after that. But, yeah. again, Cameron Bobier, he's familiar with the bike. He's familiar with the tire more. He's He knows Coda. I think that Cameron Bobby. He knows Argentina be, too. He's been to Argentina. Well, so so now so Cameron that tells me that Cameron Bobbier should be a threat in the next couple of races. I think um, Joe Roberts. I, I really don't know what's going on with Joe Roberts as a whole. Um, I do. I, I go hit me. You know what it is. He's a really really good rider. He's not top shelf. I mean, that's it. That's fair. He's it, really he's really really good. He could come back to Moto America and figure. In the championship, he might be able to figure in World Superbike, but here yeah. the level's a little higher. It, it just is. He he's he's great. You don't make it to this level without being great, and he's done some great things. But your record, you are who your record. You're says you're the last. You're you're only as good as your last race, right? Well, I, I yes, and but you're only as good as your record says you are. And, and he's got one podium in, what, three years? And he's got a couple pole positions. And b beyond that, since he's been with the Taltrans, we've seen none of that. Yeah. Yeah, so, there's been no results. And that was supposed yeah. to be... That's a that was a championship-winning bike last year. That so, was 100%. Um, that was supposed to be, okay, now I'm with a team that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Now I can be great. Absolutely. And they didn't. Right. So uh, my thing is, I think... For him to just be one spot ahead of Cam Bobier at this point, after having more than a year more in Moto Two, mm -hmm. that's got to be a little frustrating. Honestly, he needs to be farther up the order, in my opinion. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But Cam's definitely on an upward trend. Cam's definitely moving up. It's not as like a rocket strap to his back, like I would like and you would like. But he's definitely improved over last year, one hundred percent. Right. Right. Um, I think. 
I don't think he even, I don't know that he scored points in the second race last year, although I know it wasn't in, um, Indonesia, right? It, yeah. Oh, they did two races in Qatar last year to start, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. So the second race, I don't think he scored. I don't remember what he finished, but I remember him finishing in the points in the first race. And we were like, yeah, yeah, I think man, he did. Cam. Yeah, I think he did then, get tangled up in the second race and crashed. Yeah, out. and the second race, it didn't go as well. But here's but the so thing. So did you know, Joe Roberts, too. When Joe Roberts didn't well, score. Points. Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to. I'm just saying that Cam, to me, is on an upward trajectory, yeah, although yeah. slowly, whereas Joe is maybe flattened out. Like, I think Joe is... I he's don't think peaked, he's terrible. Right? You think he's peaked? He's scoring points. Right. I think he's peaked. That's exactly right. I think he's where he's going to be. You know, he's going to get rides there. If you can finish, you know, in the top 10 in the championship year after year, it's pretty good chance you'll get a ride, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah. But, you know, you got to do better than that. But we want better than that just because we're American fans, and that's that's the way that goes. Um I'm interested to see SDK at Coda, a track he knows. Um, but I see a lot of I see SDK taking a beating right now. Like, did you see SDK is, in FP3? I just want to. Did you watch? A, did you watch free pra- all I, the free practices? I didn't watch them all. No. Okay. What, what did SDK do? So at the end of FP3, which was damp, um, Sean Dillon Kelly throws a top ten time. I think he was like ninth or something. He was in the top okay. ten. Okay. Yeah. And this dude. Was driving or was riding around the track on the cooldown lap, picking out every single MotoGP camera, flipped his visor up and was waving at him like he just won. Okay, I'm not hey. even joking. Look, well, I, hang I on. mean, yeah, I, well, but I mean, he was, it was, <laughs> he was so happy that he had run a top ten time in FP3 when it had okay. nothing to do with. It had no implication for for uh, for qualifying because he was still in twenty fourth overall, and and this dude's picking out. I mean, he got great camera time, so you know, kudos to him and the American racing team. They got all kinds of camera time sponsorships, or I'm sure that they're loving it. But I mean, to me, I I Leave to me kind of looked like it, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're you, act like you should be there. Come on, don't just be happy to be there. Act like you should be there. I mean, you know, you, oh, if man. you're riding around celebrating that you had a good practice time when nobody else was really out there trying, come on. John Hopkins, come on. What are you doing with these kids? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. He looked like oh. he my, I was I was laughing at him. I, I mean, I honestly, I, I well, was I had a good kick out of it. But, I mean, I'm a jerk, I guess. So it is what no, it is. No, you are a jerk, for sure. But Always. I... <laughs> but I, I understand where you're coming from, but also you got to remember this kid's getting kicked in the teeth every single time he goes out there. Like what he thought was motorcycle racing when he showed up in day one and what he knows. Oh, his world motorcycle racing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because he was so good in Moto America and he raced so hard and he was like, you know what? This is how I got a race to get over. I can guarantee you his mindset is I know I'm going to be a little bit slower than these guys in the beginning, but I'll get this figured out. I'll get this bike figured out because you have to have that mindset. See, I don't know the the way that the reaction was about having that practice time and the way that, that he was carrying himself around track after that doesn't tell me that it it tells me that, that he believes that he deserves to, to be there. He deserves that, you know, that he should be top 10, but you know, to me, if, if he's not going to be top 10 in the dry in Europe, he's not going to do it. And, and and so if he does do it, we'll eat some crow. But he's not going to do it because I'm watching his lap times in the dry right now, and they're and not they're, close. No, he's they're not close. Up, I, I mean, he needs to be a little he's, bit more self-aware. Be here now. 
Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. But but he's he's not close. I mean, so, but, you know, Rain is, Rain is what they call it, the great equalizer. There's a lot of things that happen, you know. Like you said, some of the guys were like, it's not worth it. I'm not messing with it. But Sean Dillon Kelly is one of those guys that's like, well, let me see what I can do if it does get like this. Oh, wow, I can go pretty fast. If they're not willing to do it, and I am, maybe I get a good result. That made me feel good. And then they raced in the dry, and then you saw what happened. <laughs> so so I, I feel like, you know, for him, this is a learning year. And, and look, anything to keep his spirits up, because getting beat down by two seconds a lap for a guy at that level has got to be humbling. So anything but that's where John that's up. where John Hopkins comes in though, if you ask me. I mean that's where John Hopkins being these guys rider coach and really talking to them and getting and getting in their head and 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 setting a proper expectation about what's going to happen to them, you know, when he goes over there. That's his job and to me to you know to allow that mentality or whatever, you know, whatever. Now, obviously, I'm assuming what mentality Sean Dillon Kelly might have simply basing on the way that he carried himself in the Moto America paddock, you know, at the end of races when he would win a race. It was just, you know, he was very high and mighty and his chest was puffed out. And, you know, and he, I don't know, he, he just, he carried it. There was a sense of arrogance about him. And, and I think that, yes, what's happening to him right now is needed. Um, I think it's a an evolution that he needs to go through, but I'm curious if his mindset is actually changing as it's occurring to him. Is what I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Right. My concern is, and that's what I, my hope well, is that you know because I want Sean. I, I think Sean Dillon Kelly has that raw talent to be that American, you know, that Captain America that we want to to be racing and be, be in a, a race winning position in Moto Two. He's in his prime. He's he's young. He's 19. You know, he's he's got a lot of experience yeah. in Moto America. Yeah. He does have John Hopkins, uh, you know, as his rider coach. I think that, you know, there could be better options out there for a rider coach. But, you know, if, if wow. Sean Dillon <laughs> Kelly can get exposure, if Sean Dillon Kelly can get exposure in Europe and it can possibly make a lateral jump similar to what Joe Roberts did, maybe another team can extract that talent out of maybe. Sean Dillon Kelly, you know, a little bit but more effectively. class. It's I completely class. understand. I know that, but yeah. once again, it's if same you could, chassis, same motor. So what are you going to do? I, get a better rider, coach. <laughs> well, okay, all right. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, um, but I but let's draw a parallel though. Um, Manuel Gonzalez, right? So Manuel Gonzalez didn't win the championship in World Supersport, but he was racing over there in Europe. And he's he's getting beat up right now too, right? Like he's riding yeah, for the VR forty six yeah. Master Camp. He's getting beat up, but he's still way ahead of SDK. And that is really interesting because when you look at the times in uh let's let's take uh one of the dry sessions. What FP one was that dry? They were all dry, except for FP two. FP two was was fairly dry. I think it was the fastest session was FP two. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's look at that. So we know that in terms of uh, like just pure speed, let's see what uh, Manuel Gonzalez was running there. In uh, so SDK was twenty seventh. He ran a one thirty eight two two five. That's two point three seconds off of Jake Dillon's time in the Dixon? dry. Jake Dixon. I'm sorry, Dixon. Yeah, Dixon. You're right. There's another topic me? we could go off on. Uh, yeah. Manuel Gonzalez was 
intent one second. So Manuel Gonzalez is also getting his teeth kicked in this in this Moto Two class, right? Right, right. One second a lap is huge. That's huge. But that's the difference that Sean Dillon Kelly is kind of at a disadvantage because of the difference in talent in World Supersport and Moto America. Do you agree? I mean, that's that's the difference. I mean, so it's not saying Sean Dillon Kelly can't can't do it. it that he can't win that he can't get better he can't improve to the level he needs to be at it's just a steeper learning curve I know it's just a steeper yeah. learning curve no, i yeah. get it i understand where you're coming from yeah so him him being a little excited to be in the top 10 because he knows as well as i do when they go to europe and 99 percent of those races the time on track is dry <laughs> he's looking at two seconds a lap and probably in his life since he turned pro he's never seen that two seconds a lap faster than me on the same bike, a spec bike, not a better motor, not a different manufacturer, nothing. This is basically this colors on the the plastics are different. Now, of course, settings on the bike, you know, suspension right, settings. Right, right, right. But not a, not a fundamentally <laughs> different motor. There's no that. fundamental differences. That is humbling. So I get where you're coming from, but let's cut the guy a break. Um, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I have to say that I... My biggest disappointment for the weekend, though, is Jorge Navarro. I, I don't know what's going on with him. He should not have been in 13th. He needs to be up closer to the front. Um, we'll see. What do you got? Biggest disappointment or my opinions yeah. about Jorge Navarro? Well, whatever. If you want to talk about Jorge Navarro, that's fine. But what are your biggest disappointment? And what do you think about what I said about Jorge Navarro? No, I agree about Jorge Navarro. We've talked about this before. You know, I think we entered that that we entered this season with him. You know, firmly planted on the bow bus, um, and yeah, he, he has gotten not, off yet. No, no, he he got he had a decent finish in Qatar, um, and you know, a good first showing, but no follow up. There, there's just no follow up out of that, and Let's no say, consistency. Let, and yep, I, I'm I'm really kind of trying to give everybody a pass at Indonesia. Nobody had been there. All the conditions were the same for everybody. We all get that. Right, but there, it was tricky. I I think this is one. Some can't can't chanter won the race, so something was crazy that weekend, right? Like, I, like that's where that's where I'm at. Like you're telling me to cut Sean Dillon Kelly a break, and you're you're still ripping on the guy that won the race. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I love that he won the race because I love the interview, and you know, prove me wrong. I didn't think he would ever win a race, but he won a race. And let's see where he is the rest of the year and then look back and say, okay, <laughs> oh, Indonesia was kind of a fluke. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's see where he is in Coda when I'm, when I'm looking for him back there on the grid in 38th. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- but he, I think, I think a lot of this, I think for Chantra, I think the climate helped him a little bit. This is where he's from, that kind of weather, Thailand. Um, and I think, this helped him because you were right. When these guys were coming off the bikes, they were struggling, some of them. I mean, they were just pouring ice-cold yeah, water over themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think for Chantra, he, like he was barely sweating. Yeah, so, he was ready to go another 20 laps. Uh, yeah, he like, yeah. I could have I gone the full 23 laps or whatever we were going to do. Checkered flag already? Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But uh, as far as Moto2 went, it was, it was pretty cool to see Chantra win. Um, but... What was your biggest disappointment? Marshall Schroeder. 
Yeah, he was terrible. I'm re- yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's a uh, you know th- this is a reoccurring theme unfortunately for Marcel Schroeder. You know, it's it seemed like when he was teammates with Tom Luty, um, that was kind of the peak in Moto Two for him for me. Um, he was doing really well. He was consistently top ten. It seemed he had some bad luck. Had a couple injuries. I think the season after that, and then after that, it's just been a decline. Uh, once we've gotten new talent yeah. in, I mean, Albert Arenas, you know, finished ahead of you, and Jorge Navarro finished ahead of you, and Bo Ben Schneider was up there as well, and even the, you know, the both the Americans finished ahead of you as well. So I, I think the I think the sun might be setting on Marcel Schroeder's Moto Two career. If I'm being honest, I just don't know how much longer, um, you know, you're going to be able to keep a seat like that. Now, I, I'm trying to remember where that team is actually based out of the, uh, intact, the liquid Mali intact GP team. Um, are they a German team? I don't know that for sure. I know they're European, but I don't know if they're German. It would make a lot of sense that they were German. They used didn't they used to be the Dynavolt team? Yes, it used like to be Dynavolt. Yes. So I believe they are German because they've always had Schroeder. Like they don't ever leave Schroeder. And so, so that uh, and that's where I'm I'm kind of going with that. Going yeah, on. that's yeah. kind of where I'm, but we see the same thing out of other teams though. And, oh, sure we do. You well, know, it, I mean, we have an Idu Mitsu team and, Asia. Yeah, Iagura yeah, and Junk so. with some catch answers the exact same yeah. way and you know but that's what that that Itamitsu team yeah. and, and the Honda team Asia is for. It's for bringing those kids up through the through the ranks and and you know sure. helping them to curb the. Uh, I'm happy know, the financial with that. I'm, I'm absolutely. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that at all. No, 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 not at all. Yeah, um, not like I did with Marcos Ramirez on the American Racing team. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they rectified it. They rectified that. They just had to. They had to get guys in the pipeline, and we've got it now. So great. We're gonna come over there and do it. Uh, but. That's about all I have for Moto2. How about you? Yeah, that's it. I think we can move to the uh, the big bike class now if you'd like. All right. Well, let's move over to the premier bike class. 